0: Welcome to Monday on the Pure Opelka Podcast. It's Mike here and uh, don't forget later today, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, there is an additional podcast with me and Tracy Beans from Uncovered DC. That happens Mondays and Wednesdays, but I'm filling in a little extra here because we have a whole bunch of stuff to cover, especially after a busy weekend, a very busy weekend. We can manage to get a lot of things in, even though we have busy weekends. Unlike the president, Joe Biden, who was asked uh, not too long ago, he was asked by Anderson Cooper why he hasn't been to the border. And Joe Biden gave this answer.
1: Do you have plans to visit the southern border?
0: Uh, I've been there before
1: and I haven't, I mean, I know it well, I guess I should go down, but but the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the $900 billion worth of damage done by uh, by hurricanes and floods and, and weather and, tra- and traveling around the world. But uh, I plan on – now, my wife, Jill, has been down. She's been on both sides of the river. She's seen the circumstances there. She's looked into those places. You notice you're not seeing a lot of pictures of kids lying on top of one another with uh, – you know, with – with – with – with – with uh, – um, You know, it looks like tarps on top of them.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen that. But your wife, sir, is not the president. And I don't believe he's been to the border. But that was a long time ago. I bring that up because Joe Biden says he's just too busy to get down to the border. He's just too busy partying in Washington, D.C. He's too busy uh, not remembering history correctly. Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. No, no, he didn't. Ronald Reagan said this when talking about the Berlin Wall.
1: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
0: Come on, Joe. It's one of the most iconic statements. Tear down this wall. Not tear this wall down. Get it right. I know I'm nitpicking. But I will tell you this. Uh, Joe Biden had time to go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner Misquote Reagan and then tell a couple of jokes that fell flat on their Ronald face. Ronald Reagan
1: said, "Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down." Yeah. Today's Republicans say, "Tear down Mickey Mouse's house," and pretty soon they'll be storming Cinderella's castle. You can be sure of it.
0: Boy, that felt like a, like a load, didn't it? It was just, it was just embarrassing. But to say that you haven't been to the border or don't have plans to go to the border because you're just too darn busy, well, that would be a lie, sir. You did have time to laugh at the, uh, the problems the American people are having. Trevor Noah, who had some funny jokes, but Joe Biden was clapping and laughing about the misfortunes of the American people. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up. <laughs> Everything. No, it really has been. A tough first year for you, Mr. President, and tougher for all the people who have to deal with the rising gas prices, food prices, etc. It's shameful, absolutely shameful. Trevor Noah had some funny things to say, and he even got in a, a couple shots against MSNBC and against uh, CNN, specifically Jeffrey Tubin. You don't know, get comfortable, not too comfortable, Jeffrey Tubin, not too comfortable. <laughs> no, you know. Oh, don't don't oo him, bunch of haters. You know what? So what, Jeffrey? You made a mistake. You whipped it out in front of your coworkers. That's the first step to winning a Grammy for comedy album of the year. You're halfway there, my friend. You don't let the haters stop you. We all come back from mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's ever gonna fully come back from that mistake. Uh, that was a for me. That was a great moment. I thought Trevor Noah, like I said, had a couple of interesting shots in there, uh, including one. I think I have it here. Uh, where Trevor Noah actually got a serious dig in at the president of the United States at the very, very end of things. At the very, very end, when he was finishing up, Trevor Noah was talking about how everyone needs to leave and get out. And uh, he mentioned the fact that this administration has problems with evacuations. Yeah. Yeah a direct insult to what this what this government this cacistocracy allowed to happen in afghanistan 13 american military members dead so um i i just i'm i'm not going to touch too much on the on the white house correspondence dinner i really think it's time to end it and the media giving it all this attention you noticed if you turned on cable news on saturday night they weren't covering too much over on cnn or msnbc because they were busy partying with each other and partying, rubbing elbows with the the people they're supposed to cover, the people they're supposed to be making sure they hold their feet to the fire. But that that's not happening when they're all hanging out together and drinking together. It's really shameful to me. And I wish they would just end it. Just wish they would just pull the plug on the whole damn thing, but they won't because they give themselves awards. Uh, a couple of other things that caught my attention in the news not attending was Nancy Pelosi, who went over to Ukraine on a secret trip to walk the streets of Kiev with uh, Zelensky and to get a medal, to get a participation medal from Vladimir Zelensky. Yeah, it's really disgusting to me that the third most powerful person in the country chose to go there and has not been to our border. And we will be pouring more and more billions into Ukraine, but we are not taking care of our veterans and certainly not securing our border. It's absolutely offensive to me on every single level. But here we are. That's where we're sitting. Uh, Before we... um, before we move on here, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to get to today. Today is the anniversary of us killing Osama bin Laden. Yes, that is a big stinking deal. That's something I will always want to remember. America raided the bin Laden compound in Abbottabad, and uh, we got him. That, I think, was the uh, statement forever and ever and ever. So happy that Osama bin Laden is a dead man. And won't ever be bothering people again. At least I don't think he will. Uh, there, are, um, there are other things to be happy about, too. The royal family, which I have no love for the young royals. You know, the Meghan and Harry who left the royal family, so to speak, to come to America and try and sponge off everybody here that is, is absolutely enamored of a monarchy. Uh, they lost two of their big deals. Megan and Harry had two of their Netflix deals cut, and that makes me very, very happy. There will be a karma hammer swinging back the other way. So good on you, Netflix. And I'm sure they're panicking because they're also losing a ton of money. They lost two million subscribers. Uh, what else are we gonna watch this week? We're gonna keep our eyes on whether or not Elon Musk makes good on some of the promises he's made about Twitter. I would like to see that edit button in there, but he is uh, talking about adding some great transparency to Twitter that would allow us to see what the algorithms are up to and allow us to understand who's getting shadow banned. William Shatner also said he wants to be the new face of Twitter, to which Elon Musk responded, you will always be my captain. And I wonder if his agent is now calling Elon Musk to say, hey, about that deal to have... uh, Bill be the spokesperson. Won't be a long deal because I, you know, shatners he's not a young guy. All right. Let's uh, let's get into it uh, with uh, our buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, He is uh, joins us pretty much every week. Hey, Doc, um, I, I, I got a question to ask you. And Saturday was the National Drug Take Back Day. This is uh, one of those things where the government sets up sites in every town for people to bring back drugs, prescription drugs. They're not taking anymore so they can get rid of them, flush them or whatever. Well, if you find old drugs in your medicine cabinet and s- specifically if they're old and maybe they've expired already, why can't we just flush them? Why can't we just flush them down the toilet and be done with it?
2: Well, two reasons. One is if there specific drugs such as opioids that you can get addicted to, they get into the landfill, seep into the water, and then in low doses, they cause addiction. Um, and so it, there is a sizable amount now of, if you will, fentanyl in some people's water supplies. Hmm. And that's a problem, obviously. But now the more serious problem is, say they they metabolize into a cancer-forming compound, then they can cause cancer in both you and in other um, items.
0: So old drugs can, can form a cancer compound, a cancer-causing compound? Correct. Wow, I never. Thought, I was more worried about well, a bunch of fish with an opioid addiction if they're getting into the well, groundwater.
2: Well, it's it's not just. But imagine that you cause mutations in the bacteria that are living on the landfill, hmm. in the viruses that and get to the bacteria, etc. So it's a mutation chain that you can cause that can wreak, wreak havoc on us.
0: Wow. And what does the FDA do with them? If uh, they're not flushing them uh, or the DEA, what do they do with them? How do they eliminate Um, all these
2: drugs? Believe it or not, they have a safe incinerator system that is in Utah. They ship them, as I understand it, and and I actually looked into this about uh, a year and a half ago. They ship them all to this incinerator system that's in Utah where they burn them without, uh, and it's a, it's a specific incinerator system. So it catches, uh, it has a series of filters on its effluent. So it literally catches all particles, all um, abnormal substances, etc., and it cleans the air before it releases whatever it is out. And so they're then on the, the, the burnt Remnants around the filters, which are specially handled.
0: Huh? Okay, cool. That's cool to know Uh, other story I I heard CNN reporting that uh, We should take a moment and and look again at aspirin if you're taking a, a small dose low dose aspirin every day that there are concerns that it might be doing some damage to like your stomach or cause bleeding if um, if you have an issue, should I still be taking my low-dose aspirin?
2: Um, as long as you're taking it with water and half a glass before and after. In other words, the reason this came out is this is the resubmission. It doesn't look at what aspirin's full effects are in preventing cancers, etc. It looks at... Um, just and, and in fact they you know when the, when the initial thing came out i didn't bother with sending a letter in cuz it's uh they they basically don't handle them in a way once they've made up their decision um, that would be amel- ameliorate the problem but essentially they didn't take into account the beneficial reduction in bleeding that you get if you have the aspirin dissolve in water uh, before you take, if you will, um, rather than the aspirin itself land on your stomach lining. So the problem of, of gastric bleeding or of colon bleeding is that the aspirin itself, the pill itself lands on and erodes uh, the mucus covering the stomach lining and erodes the stomach lining, causing bleeding. It is protective against nine cancers in a substantial way, two more, we believe, 11 cancers, including colon, rectal, colon is the most common cancer, including breast, even prostate. Um, And it does decrease um, the risk of clotting, especially if you're taking hormone therapies or, or such as estrogen or progestin or testosterone therapies, or their releasing factors, or, um, if you're at risk of a heart attack from, uh, other causes or second heart attack. So the point they are making, um, is this is after the comment period has taken into effect. Um, and they looked at the comments. I don't know how many comments they got. They probably did record it. I don't think they changed their initial recommendation at all. Um, a number of people, uh, sent in, I know sent in comments relating to the, this and the fact that they didn't take in that into account, um, that somehow didn't uh, sway them in any way.
0: Okay, so it's, um, it's kind of the final state of something we talked about months ago. The takeaway here for me is keep drinking a half a glass of water before you take the low dose and then take one a half a glass with it and that'll help protect your body as well as the aspirin will help protect your body. Doc, I don't want to eat up all our time. You got so much great research. One more question. Story that's swirling. All these people are saying, why are we having kids? Kids needing liver transplants. Kids having sickness with liver. I looked at it. It's not like there are tens of thousands of children suddenly stricken with liver disease, but it seems like there's, there's uh, 20, 17, 25 of these kids that have had liver issues. What, is there something going on out there?
2: Yeah, they're worried about a new virus. They can't figure out why these kids got this all of a sudden, and they're worried about either a variant of a virus or a new virus or some new toxin in uh, some food or air or et cetera. So these are 17, prior, and one in the United States, the first one was in the United States that were prior absolutely healthy and that don't have any of the normal hepatitis viruses by um, our ability to measure them, hepatitis A, B, C, or D, don't have any of the other viruses or bacteria or any other condition that attacks the liver, don't have coronavirus, and we can't and, and haven't generally been vaccinated. And we don't know why all of a sudden they're developing literally end-stage liver disease, Hmm. meaning they're going to die if they don't get transplants. Um, And These were prior to this, young, between the ages of, of I think, two and 17-year-old kids, mostly as I remember, it's two to 10, and in fact, two to six, as I remember, um, and with all of a sudden and they're worried about this being a new virus or new something that we don't understand and in addition they're worried because um, they to get transplants is uh, not easy and in addition at this age you have to stay on immunosuppressants for the rest of your life so um, this is a uh, a new problem um, that is facing medicine, and we don't know what to do. I mean, and and the reason is they're hoping they've isolated these children, and they're hoping uh, nothing spreads.
0: Important stuff, Doctor Royzen And uh, in this week's research, there is a number ten. Nothing to sniff at. Loss of smell linked to increased risk of premature death. Now, I have to tell you, my dad who lived to be 89. My dad lost his sense of smell when he was in his 30s, but I think it was related to a lot, he had a whole bunch of allergies and asthma and stuff. But um, he lost his sense of smell, but he did live a pretty long time. What is this about?
2: This is an interesting association study. This is 21,000 people um, that were uh, looked at um, in, I believe it was Singapore and that who they tested on on average 12 smells. And if they couldn't get uh, at least two of them right, they then looked at what happened to their risk of dementia and death. Again, Mm -hmm. it is dementia as well as all cause mortality. Those who were between uh, 65 and 80 who couldn't do it, um, had a, a 50% increase in risk of dying and risk of dementia in that period. Those over 80 who couldn't smell had a 60, I think it was 63% increase risk of dying compared to those who could identify smells and um, risk of dementia. Now, the key point isn't that is that you can improve your smell by doing routine smells. So I smell coffee every morning. Hmm. I hope most people do, or tea, lemon. Put some lemon in your tea and smell lemon. So I'm smelling coffee now and I love that smell. But if you can identify those smells and you practice it, lavender is when you can smell at night, or lemon, I'm reaching over here to to do my smells today, to give you the example on video, even though we aren't doing video. Um, So if you can smell these things, oh man, that lavender smells good, and can identify them, uh, and you can do onions or garlic or lemon or whatever smells are around your house that you can do routinely, four different ones, If you do that, you increase your ability to smell, and men don't have as good an ability natively as women. Um, And that was, we we can go into why that is some other day. But if you can increase your, if you practice four smells a day, you actually prevent your loss of olfaction, of smell sense, and you decrease your risk of dementia. Now, there's only one article on that we like to see at least two randomized controlled trials before I report it or before we give it a, what we call a real age or a reboot age effect. But there is one article and a lot of association articles. Now, this is a confirmatory article from Singapore on smell and uh, both all-cause mortality and dementia. Now, the contrary view of this is Well, why you lose your smell is you've had a concussion or you've had a traumatic event or you've had something that's destroyed your brain fibers such as long COVID that has destroyed that olfactory nerve. The olfactory nerve is a unique nerve that runs from your nose and from its right into your brainstem without a connection and right into your brain without a relay connection in between, so you're actually destroying that olfactory nerve
0: hmm. wow that's so amazing now i'm going to be doing smell workouts every day i have to uh, that's
2: it well it's not it doesn't take very long get force four little smells together yeah and practice that's what i do um so i have my smells right in the the next uh little area and here's an orange smell that i love and i'm going to practice that mm. And then, uh, I've got a, as I said, lavender and coffee. Um, so, um, I, I actually get these packs, these little smell packs from a sense AS, I don't know what the website is. I think it's called, uh, Aeros, it's shop, com. Okay. These little packs and the purple one is lavender, which I love.
0: Well, my wife has Um, accused me of being a smell factory on several occasions, but I don't think this is the same kind of (laughs) process that we're talking about here. Um, I'll leave leave it there.
2: Enjoy coffee.
0: I will enjoy coffee and lemon and orange. And I have plenty of lavender and mint grown (laughs) in the garden that we can use uh, every single day. Uh, Dr. Michael Roizen is his name, and he's always got great information and answers all of my stupid questions as well. And we are literally weeks away from the launch of The Great Age Reboot, the book that is coming out September 13th. So pre-order it now, and Dr. Royzen, you and I will meet again next week, my friend.
2: Look forward to it. Thank you.